Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of DJO Nightly News, a podcast produced by O'Connell's premier stock and finance club. We have an exciting podcast for you today, filled with all sorts of interesting topics, and we have a great panel of guests. First of all, me, of course, Diego Garcia, your host. Our producer, Brooke Tran, will be talking to you as well, as well as the one and only Walter Witt. We are very lucky to have him today, as well as a recurring guest, Will Kais. Okay, so first of all, to begin, uh, we just learned very recently about the passing of Prince at age 57. Uh, any opinions? A real tragedy, isn't it? Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Well, clearly among um, the younger students here, there's kind of a disconnect between the music of the 1980s and 1990s and contemporary pop music, I'd say, which is interesting because most of that music's very much related to contemporary music. Absolutely. So like new wave, hip hop, rap, mm -hmm. A Tribe Called Quest, and others. So that's interesting to note. Isn't it just interesting to see how disconnected they are from the world we live in Walter. It is very interesting. All right, moving on to our next topic. The New York primary wrapped up recently. Uh, if we were correct in our predictions, as you might have listened to in the previous podcast. Um, interestingly enough, the delegate division uh, that we saw, almost all of them going to Donald Trump, a few going to possibly to John Kasich, but at this point, uh, Ted Cruz is now statistically uh, removed from the possibility of reaching the 1237, the magic number of delegates, before um, the day of the convention. So that means that we are either going to see a Donald Trump candidate first, or we're going to see a contested convention. It's going to be one of those two things, and there is no other possibility at this point. So, kind of sobering thought. Any thoughts on that? I thought Donald Trump won all of the delegates. Right now, he won all the delegates, and they're still counting votes, but it's a possibility that John Kasich could get some. Uh, based on the legislative districts, I think, like the congressional districts, they also apportioned some delegates to them, and I think that he might have won some of those. In addition, uh, interestingly enough, just to, to reiterate how terrible Ted Cruz's performance was in uh, New York, in some districts, Ben Carson, the now defunct presidential candidate, who is now uh, rallying behind Donald Trump, and I, I use the term rallying around pretty generously. I don't know if any of you guys have seen, but Ben Carson's speeches regarding Donald Trump, they have been pretty funny. He says things like, I guess he's probably the best candidate, or I suppose there's probably going to be better people than Donald Trump, but it's who we have right now. It's like the weakest support I've ever seen. If, if either of you have seen the video, I recommend that you watch it. Uh, it's pretty funny. No? Well, I, I recommend that you guys all go out and find it, because it's pretty it's funny to see his speeches. He is not positive at all. I was just going to jump in there. Um, and kind of go off of that saying, you know, it almost seems appropriate given, I guess, almost how weak the presidential candidates have come across, especially given that Trump's been able to lead lead the, um, the pack. Absolutely. We're definitely seeing that the candidates that we see this year, they're just not getting people excited, at least on the Republican side. Or if they are, it's not in the way that we want them to be excited, for instance. Although there definitely is quite a bit of excitement on the Democratic front with Bernie Sanders. Hillary seems to be failing to inspire that same level of just joy within her campaign. Uh, joy, as a uh, Jeb Bush, when he started his campaign, he said, uh, we plan on leading a joyful campaign. Uh, Will Kais, you wanted to pipe in here? Yeah, I just want to say how this election really points towards how people are really straying away from the uh, classic politician of taking a lot of money from uh, PACs and things like that. Like, you look, I see how Trump's doing 
a lot of the uh, a lot of the excitement around him is because he's uh, quote unquote self supported. And then Bernie Sanders it just takes money from all these labor unions and just normal people and normal voters. So that appeals to a lot of people. And I'm just waiting for one day for there to be an election in which there's a candidate like that that isn't as radical as Sanders or as crazy as Trump, and then they're just going to blow away with anyone, no matter if it's Republican or uh, Democrat. Just a moderate candidate who doesn't take money is just going to it's going to come in one day, and someone's going to realize that it's the way to go. Yeah, it seems kind of like at this point you really do need to be on the far end of the spectrum, um, just to, if you want to run, you know, kind of not as a third party, but um, you know, just kind of as as that uh, you know independent candidate, independent in that you're um, separating yourself from the classic politician. And in a way, it's almost shocking that Republican voters are appealed to Trump's uh, lack of big money because. Uh, Republican voters and uh, the Republican Party platform always supports big business. That's Absolutely. a bit ironic. We're seeing a little bit of a departure from what's traditionally been the case. So, uh, moving to the Democratic side, we have in the past seen that Senator Sanders has failed to inspire the same type of excitement that he inspires with the younger generation, uh, a particularly wealthy um, Caucasian population than with um, voters of ethnic backgrounds, so minorities. So do we want to discuss where this division, where this disparity between of, of level of support might exist? Walter, we recently attended a talk, Walter and I, about this, so maybe you could shed some light about what we listened to. That was, yeah, I realized that that topic sounded uh, somewhat familiar, but um, it seems like, uh, at least with you know Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, um, Hillary Clinton still does represent kind of the establishment, as we as we just discussed, um, and of course, kind of going along with that, she's able to gain those supporters that would, by default, support the establishment, who maybe aren't as involved in politics, and just see, um, you know, this primary candidate for the Democratic Party, um, and so they would kind of default to her. Mm -hmm, absolutely, I agree. And it's just, it's interesting to think about that, because at the same time, Senator Sanders, he is what you might call a early uh, civil rights crusader. He was in the march on Washington, for God's sake. Uh, he was, while well, he was a student at the University of Chicago, after he left Brooklyn College, he was uh, involved in the movement to uh, desegregate student housing and to work for equal opportunity at the University of Chicago. And yet, right now, we see a huge uh, difference between the number of um, percentage of black support between these two candidates. Well, and again, uh, just going with what Diego was saying, with how uh, Sanders was on at the mar march in Washington, uh, it shows how a lot of people like his consistency throughout his policies. In which that march in the '60s, he just he really uh, it showed like what he believed in then. And then with Hillary Clinton, just like in the last election, she ran as uh, someone who was less. Uh, who wasn't too strict on guns and like prided herself and said Obama was too strict on guns, but now she's saying she's more strict on guns than Sanders. It just mm. people don't like that flip flopping. Well, it seems that it's resonating a little bit with the black community. Um, in recent years, we've seen that a lot of community activists from the African American community they've been pushing for more stricter gun control because um, a lot of black youth have been killed by uh, gun violence, especially in our city. But at the same time, to move to a different uh, ethnic, a different minority group uh, with Hispanics, as uh, Walter and I listened to at this talk, uh, the term the democratic socialist, it has a lot of bad history. 
for Hispanics who come from places like Cuba and Venezuela, where populist socialist candidates have started communist regimes in the countries and just been awful to the people. So I know that for my grandparents, maybe not my parents, but my grandparents, if they had the ability to vote, they would never vote for a person who identified as a democratic socialist. And these are democratic voters, lifelong democratic voters, but hearing the socialist uh, label, that's just a complete turnoff for them. Uh, yeah, and I think going back, um, talking about Hillary Clinton and um, kind of gun control and you know her stances, and she's kind of shifted focus and position um, throughout the past decade or so, it's important to realize that she's also very much associated with Bill Clinton. Oh, Bill. Um, and God, I love Bill. Who I believe, yeah, one of the best presidents. But correct me if I'm Bill is the best. And a great economist. What would his line item veto, of course? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he also instituted the assault weapons ban. He did. Uh, which still, uh, you know, so kind of having that association mm -hmm. has probably helped her. But at the same time, Bill Clinton was the person who... Uh, signed the crime reform bills that gave the mandatory minimum sentencing laws that are now seen as being very uh, hurtful to the African-American community. So, but at the same time, as Walter earlier pointed out, that the African-American community tends to be a more mainstream constituency who doesn't pay as much attention to the fringe as the party. Will, you wanted to pipe in? And also recently with that whole uh, Bill Clinton uh, <laughs> kind of yelling at those yes. uh, Black Lives Matter uh, protesters, and even if his message was uh, factual or whatever you would like to say in a positive sense, it, it won't help him at all. It won't like and gain any African American votes or Hillary gain any African American as votes. As well as Hillary with her the discovery that she used to use the label super predator, which has been described as very hurtful. Yeah, so none of that stuff's going to help her gain any uh, votes, mm -hmm. African-American votes. Absolutely. So, as we are the DJO Stock and Finance Club podcast, we thought we should include some stock-related materials. This week, for the first time this year, uh, we had... Uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose above 18,000. 18,000. We have not seen this level of growth in quite a long time. Do you think that this is the final reassurance that we are gone out of the murky and kind of uh, unstable first half of 2016, Walter? Well, I'd just say for one thing, I wouldn't necessarily equate the stock index increasing with economic growth. Um, it can certainly be related to a level of certainty in the market, mm. um, but it's not necessarily representative of the economic growth. That being said, I have not followed it too frequently in the past couple of months, so I'll defer to someone else, probably Diego. Okay. Well, I think that we've wrapped up that topic as best it can be. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> President Obama recently landed in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, for his visit with the Saudi Arabian uh, monarch. Uh, what is it? Ka King Abdullah. Okay. King Abdullah is where we're going to go with right now. Uh, so, there's been a lot of talk about how U.S.-Saudi relations in the past few years have been strained, and especially a lot of uh, blowback from within the United States about the, well, atrocities or the treatment of women within inside uh, Saudi Arabia. Will, you have a point to make. Yeah, um, I just wanted to make the point about these recent rumors and allegations that the that officials within the Saudi government, not necessarily sanctioned by the Saudis, but that they are, um, they some officials were involved in 9-11 and that some, the hijackers that landed in the United States 
uh, received help from a, gover uh, a Saudi government official in Saudi to get housing and get acclimated to, I think it was Los Angeles maybe, or San Diego, one of those. I think uh, it might have been Florida, but. No. Okay. Well, no, well anyway. yes, but I know what you're talking about, Will. I, I think, think it's LA. the 17 pages of the 9 11 report yeah, that have been unsealed. Been, and they're trying to get them unsealed. Yes. Get them. I think that it, the United States government has a debt to the American people to unseal these records. Uh, being a national security issue or not, and if it is revealed that uh, Saudi Arabia aided and abetted the 9-11 terrorists, I think it is despicable that we maintain the relationship that we did with them. Now, I don't think that it was sanctioned by the Saudi government. I don't think it went up to the king and he said, yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. But I think there were officials within the Saudi government and with better oversight and better management or even just more uh, being more caring about such matters and more concerned over it, it could have been prevented even. Yes, so we're excited to see, um, anxious to see what will be revealed in this report, if it is revealed, and to see how the remainder of the Obama's visit to Saudi Arabia gives us what it reveals. And I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be unsealed because like, all uh, rash ju judgments are gone. There's an, everyone would read it, dissect it carefully, and it, no one would be angry right away because all the anger is gone. It's mostly just sadness remembering the event. Absolutely. So, um, Walter, you have a very interesting um, hobby. It's hobby? it's more of my uh, social networking. Yes, your social network. Uh, Walter got a Facebook for the first time a few weeks ago, as he is loath to tell anybody. He hasn't even friended me, but. Before that, he is an avid user of this social network, Stack Exchange. If you can explain that a little bit. How do you spell it, just to begin? Because uh, I do not know how to spell it's it. It's stack, S-T-A-C-K, exchange.com. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially, it's a question and answer site for uh, mainly computer science, but also anything from uh, Legos, um, English literature, um, English grammar, Movies and TV, uh, sci-fi fantasy, and it's just really, really a broad array of topics. So if you guys have questions or need professional answers to things, um, I know, uh, you know, physics, chemistry, oh, biology. We all need help with physics. Uh, a number of different subjects are covered, but if you guys are looking for direct questions, it's a pretty cool place to go. Mm -hmm. And so what I what I do on the site, what thousands of other people do that hang around there, we try to answer questions as directly and professionally as possible. Mm -hmm. So it makes for a fun... And what type of questions do you answer? Um, I spend my time around the computer science section and the sci-fi fantasy section. Oh, nice. And I feel like I must mention that Walter is ranked among the top 2% of Stack Exchange users. We have a real legend right here amongst us at O'Connell. For, yeah, on one of the sites, um, and that was within the quarter, so wow. it could always change. Wow, very exciting. So tell me, Walter, with the science fiction, what would be your favorite science fiction series or franchise or whatever it may be? Oh my gosh. That's um, a tough question. Put you on the spot. I apologize. Uh, probably Star Trek The Next Generation or those of you in Mr. Haas's class, I'd probably say Firefly. Oh, Firefly. It went by for one season and that is all I know about it. Yes. Well, thank you very much for your input. Now to wrap up our uh, discussion of the wide world of news, we are going to talk about the developments with our own currency. So, exciting news that we received just yesterday. Uh, the $20 bill.
Andrew Jackson is going to be replaced by Harriet Tubman on the 20. Andrew Jackson will be placed back on the backside of uh, the 20. He's not going to be gone forever. Uh, whereas Alexander Hamilton, who was originally on the 10, and they were thinking of replacing Hamilton on the 10, um, there was a lot of backlash about removing Hamilton because Hamilton was a good American, a great American, really. I would imagine, especially with the play going on right now. Yes, people do love Hamilton. Um, and the removal of Andrew Jackson is going to keep a lot more people happy. And then on the back of the $10 bill, they're going to put a number of suffragettes. Uh, Will? On the, on the idea of removing Hamilton, I think that's just purely ridiculous. He was a really great American. He did yeah. a lot for our financial system, for our government systems. And that's often overlooked because a lot of people don't really understand how the financial systems work or they don't think it's as important. And the ideas and concepts he thought of at that time Revolution. was yeah, way beyond the time. And especially from his background, he represents the American ideals of rags to riches mm -hmm. and that has greatness on top of that. Yeah. So I think it's just absolutely ridiculous that anyone would consider yeah. Hamilton belongs on U.S. currency. Yeah, he's, he is he's the father of the United yes, States. And to remove him would be a travesty. Really, I do think it's appropriate to remove uh, Andrew Jackson altogether. I do not agree with many of Andrew Jackson's actions. Uh, but I can understand why leaving him would make sense politically. But yeah, and now we are going to ask a very exciting question to our guests here. So, the $20 bill, let's talk about it. First of all, we got Harriet Tubman on the 20. Who do you wish had been on the 20 instead of her? Brooke, go. I'm perfectly fine with Harriet Tubman. I think that she is a great choice for getting the bill for women and also African Americans. I think that she has accomplished much for our country in terms of the slavery, and I think that she's a great fit. Absolutely, I agree. Um, well, um, I think it's a good choice. I think there maybe could have been better. Like I think, I think she's definitely it's definitely worthy. First of all, I think it's definitely important that we have uh, women representation and African American representation. I'm just not sure that she was so crucial to American history, and that it was deemed worthy to um, put her on the twenty dollar bill. However, I do think that what she did and her legacy is so crucial to the uh, American ideals of freedom and patriotism and bravery that in that sense it does make it a good fit. Well, going off of what Will said, and I'll get back to you Walter, I promise. Um, what I think is when you think of America, you think of the themes of democracy and liberty, um, equal representation, being able to vote. And I feel that a real champion of that um, would be our suffragettes, um, particularly Susan B. Anthony or Elizabeth Cady Stanton who gave women the right to vote. And I feel like the right to vote is just integral to the American ideology, our exceptionalist system. So I feel that if we had included her, that she had been more important to advancing American ideas. But that's just me. I'm perfectly content with um, Harriet Tubman. Um, but I, I would have appreciated seeing uh, the suffragettes. Although I must add, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, uh, how the suffragettes will now be on the hindsight on the rear of the $10 bill, having replaced the U.S. Treasury building, a, a real loss. Walter, who do you think could have been on the uh, front of the $20 bill? Uh, no, I think it's a pretty pretty good choice. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know what else to say there. They picked someone who you know, clearly had a very big and very positive impact on mm -hmm. American history. And 
uh, they went with it. So that's 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 about all you can ask for. Them. Well, please. Um, I, I was just thinking of a couple people who it also could have been. Mm -hmm. um, one I was thinking was Martin Luther King. Absolutely, um, a solid choice. And I think that he did more for the uh, civil rights movement uh, for, for African American lives than uh, and Harriet Tubman. Yeah, Harriet like what Diego was saying, how uh, just <laughs> the civil rights movement, what he did is just amazing. And then my second, um, my second option was Sandra Day O'Connor. Uh, influential, mm -hmm. influential in law, first uh, woman Supreme Court justice, and I think that could have been a good shot as well. Well, going off of that, with the African American community and the civil rights and uh, slavery issues that we've had, because I mean, uh, of course, Harriet Tubman operates on two levels. She's a woman, and she was African American, and we definitely want to give recognition to both of these groups. But I think that a real champion of African American uh, liberty and African American rights would be Frederick Douglass. I wrote a research paper on that last year. Okay. Do you want to talk about your research? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I just I wrote it on um, narrative life of Frederick Douglass, and I wrote about how uh, Frederick Douglass wrote that novel in order to convince um, people against slavery and against racism, and to prove that yes. African Americans were the same, like in all levels, as any other person. And that was Douglass's purpose in writing that. And I thought that he accomplished the goal just thoroughly by showing that you could write such an eloquent piece of a real literature. Excellent yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And that you could that an African American could write that, that it would convince others at the time that it was good. Thank you very much. Well all right, so we've had a very exciting podcast this week. And uh, we hope that you tune in next week for yet another podcast. I'd like to thank our guest, uh, Walter Wilt, the one and only Walter Fuller with the fifth, and of course William Damon Kyes. Thanks to our producer, Brooke, and have a great week.